Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Forever. Dog. Driver's Ed was like so many things in school, if the parents only knew. This week on the podcast, Caroline B. Cooney's Driver's Ed. Welcome to Teen Creeps, the podcast that discusses YA Pulp Fiction. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Katai. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent. And today we are talking about Driver's Ed by Caroline B. Cooney, a book that <laughs> turns out does not belong on this podcast. <laughs> In that it's not horror. Right. Yeah. It, But it is Cooney. And so it therefore is Cooney. it has a home here. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, can you, I didn't hear that part that you just said so do you mind saying that again a book that and i'll just cut it oh yeah I, huh. I, I, it just going cut on? out for some reason that's weird that you didn't hear the first thing i said and now another thing yeah all right let me make sure i'm quit everything that isn't chrome okay a book that does not belong on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> no no <laughs> uh no i and you know it is one that would you would think based off of the tagline and like well the kinda, blurb is very confusing yeah because it seems like there's gonna be some horror there's gonna be horror it's see and, and it's there Caroline is Bikuni. but it's emotional horror <laughs> yeah it's like what is the morally gray area of kind of being like responsible for someone's death in manslaughter like third degree removed situation and like also like the, how are their parents gonna take it and like it what and honestly like this book had me <laughs> had me going like oh come on don't yes the parents right fucking, i, the, I the was mom? gonna lose it on the moms oh my god the moms Especially were making me lose my mind i was Remy's like mom, what i was like girl fuck is going on i know i know i know i was remy's mom i was like girl you need to like calm down you need to like take a breath and like think about you know the world at large i know everything just seems very like it was like um, such myopic. a self-centered reaction yes of like but you're think... making me look bad as a mom mm -hmm. and wasn't i a good mother to you that's her first fucking response i'm like jesus christ yeah baby. meanwhile politician dad has the like correct response Dude, I was like, mm, I don't buy this. Politician dad would be yeah. like, you're making me look bad. You're ruining my my run for governor. Yeah. And the moms would be making it like this did not add but up I for think, me at all. Well, to me, this is what I thought. It was about like how it's unexpected how people react in yeah. like, situations like this. It was just also weird Max that it was response. The moms. Dude, I was getting misty at the Max situation. I I was like, oh my God, Mac is the secret hero. Of this I know book. he was I so loved sweet him when he so just much. when he just sits next to her on the bed and is like, you know what? Like, like when she's like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like, I think I'm in trouble if I tell. And and then he like doesn't even know. He's just like, oh, 
Like, I think you're uh, in trouble regardless. Yeah, he's like, I think you're in trouble either way. But then when he's like, I'll be with you in the car and I'll like be with you when you tell mom and dad and he's the only one standing up for her. And Yeah. And, but, he, and, I, and he makes Morgan's mom. Yeah. Like, see the light. Like, you have to love him regardless. It was, I yeah. was like, it was heart-wrenching. It, it, it was a really, I, it, it's a great, like, this is it's a great go book. ask Alice of don't take street signs. Yes, go, don't take street signs. Yeah, I know. Because like, it is I'm like. I'm going to give this to Ramona to scare her straight. <laughs> so that she, she doesn't take street signs. Sure she doesn't take street signs. <laughs> and behaves I mean, responsibly in the car. Because I it, was like, this is so horrifying. <laughs> Yeah, well, like, also, I, I felt like... And so well-written and so, yes. like, perfectly captured what it's like to have a crush in high school as a 16-year-old. Oh, my old. God. It I felt so true to that. so much. There was also a moment, to like, uh, the feeling of not only having a crush in high school, but, like, when she's describing, uh, fuck, what's the boy's name? Um, Morgan. Mm-hmm. When, when Morgan is thinking about his friendship with Nikki and how Nikki outgrew him. And he's like disappointed with how quickly he wants Nikki's uh, approval and like how quickly he jumps back into wanting to be friends with him, even though Nikki has been mean to him like that. I was like, Oh my God, I've like been there. And when he, when Nikki tells him like, Oh, you could do better. He's like, Oh, I can't let Nikki see that. Like I like her. Because, like, his, unfortunately, his approval does mean something to me. But then his crush on Remy is too strong. And then so he, like, he, like, puts his arm around her. He kisses her. Like, I thought yeah, it the, did the feel like The balance of being, all the different, yeah. like, desires as yeah. a teenager was and it did, I conveyed think, read, so well. It, it read really accurately to me of, like, mm-hmm. being in love. And, like, that feeling of, like. And, and for the guy, know. the, like the the and i like it kind of got it this for for remy as well but the the mix of like lust yeah and love because at first it really just seemed like morgan was obsessed with her, her body oh and she but was like i want to like, sit on his lap and yeah. like i was like girl i know it <laughs> <laughs> but the way it like then transitioned to him fe- having romantic feelings for her too mm-hmm. so sweet it and was so like sweet. The little, the tiny little jumps into the teachers' minds. Oh my god! Yes, I, I lo- loved the different, like the the bo- like the contrast between both yeah. of these teachers. So the driver's ed teacher is Mister Fletcher, isn't it Fritz Fritzker or Fr- something like that? Fr- Fielding. <laughs> Fielding. Okay, knew it was right, an I well, and had an we, F. We're both wrong. And yeah. then the cho- chorus teacher. Mr. Fitz. Mr. No, it starts with a W. It's like Wits. Oh, Willet. Willet. Mr. Willet. Here we go. Uh, Rough rough road. Sorry, guys. Uh, These names, and I truly like just read this book. Um, Also, I thought I was like, oh no, I can. I have like so much time to devote to reading the books now because like I'm breastfeeding, Mm -hmm. and I. I'm just sitting on the couch doing nothing. I've been watching TV. I'll just read the book instead. Oh my god, so sleepy! It, like, oh, I'm I fell asleep this for that. I I'm fell too asleep, sleepy for that. Yeah, it's like I like middle this book, of the but night, it was a sleepy getting up book, with man. Ramona to feed her, and I and I was like, what? Why did I think that this was going to work out? Um, yeah. 
I so would anyway, not say this is the page turner. I would not no. say this is the page turner or like action packed in any way. It's definitely not thrilling, but it's very compelling. It, it had me hooked. The writing had oh, me yeah. hooked like yeah. right away. It's such good writing. But I did keep. I guess it wasn't until like a hundred pages in when I went, oh, the thrills are not coming. Me too. I was like, there when are, are they gonna? Not going to be thrills. I thought they were gonna. I know what you did last summer. Somebody. I thought that too. Um, Incorrect. Nope. Yeah, Mr. Thompson never went after them to try to like literally kill them. He just kept taking out ads and things. <laughs> he was like psychological them. warfaring them. Yes, which he was hoping that they would like. Got, that's what you've got. Kill themselves out of sadness. Yes, basically. which like almost happened. Um, but I loved the description of um Mr. Fielding's attitude about their names. And then oh, yeah. the contrast with Mr. Willett, who just like l- adores their weird names. I also love that moment with Mr. Willett where he sees, he's like, I love my kids. I love all these students. Like they're great, blah, blah, blah. And then he sees Nikki, who's like a bad kid. Mm-hmm. And it's not, and I love that it's not Nikki's on the wrong side of the road. It's not any of that. He is just a fucked up bad kid. Yeah. Because um, so the main characters are Morgan, Remy, and. Well, the main characters are Morgan and Remy. Mm-hmm. And then Nick is also involved. Nikki or Nicholas. They, Nicholas now, yeah. Bounces back and forth between calling him. Um, and they, they go out and they steal they steal some street signs. Nikki wants a stop sign. So Morgan takes it down. And I was like, bad, yeah. stupid, stupid, Don't stupid. Do that. Don't very do that. dumb. Don't do that. You can't take a stop sign. You can take street signs that like yeah. the names of the streets. Sure. Who cares? Who cares? But a stop sign, people need that, and they don't think about that. Of course, they take it down, and uh, a very young mother dies. She's like 26, and she has a two-year-old, and it's very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's the plot of the book, and that's the only plot of the book. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like, what's the fallout yes. of a loss like this? The emotional <laughs> fallout. Yeah. Um, but so, so, yeah, Nikki's just like bad, bad kid. And his reaction to it is, wow, isn't it cool that we caused somebody's death? So he's, yeah. he's not good. He's creepy and weird. Yeah. And like, he's like, also, if you tell anyone, like, I'll say that, like, you wanted someone to die and like all this shit. And it's like, yeah, that you were talking about earth? hoping that that would happen. And it's like, oh, you're f- real fucked up. Like, you're a psycho. And also we find out f- through the lens of um, Mr. Willett that like he kills animals. Like, yeah, he goes out of his way to to kill and he especially wants to find lost pets yeah. it's like really horrifying he's a bad bad kid mm-hmm. so yeah where is that oh but he's so he's like watching the kids he's like i love my kids blah 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 blah, blah the students and then he sees nikki and he's like or nicholas i guess now and he's like man you know though some kids are like bad and maybe evil mm-hmm. and then he sees morgan like try to like like go and take like a ride in the car with him maybe yeah, yeah. and he, and then it's like something inside Mr. Willett like deflated Faded. yeah <laughs> yeah and i'm like oh my god dude it was great um i also liked and this is true of some parents and so i feel like to me that I, 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 weirdly like the parents like their reactions rang true even though i was so mad at them mm-hmm. because like like the fact that some for some parents love is conditional yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, there's no denying that. And it uh, was like, I, I was like, man, you, you guys, come on, come on. Like, I understand it's bad. I understand it's mm-hmm. so bad what they did. 
yeah but it's it's true to life and i i think it, what i what helped make what am i trying to say so it's like it didn't ring true to me that both moms had the exact right, why same was it like, both moms like your i don't love you anymore which is like not really a, a mom yeah like like if we're stereotyping that's not the stereotypical mom reaction the stereotypical mom reaction is like i'll love you no matter what and the dad has conditional love yeah but like obviously like that's not the case for every single mom or right. dad that it's going to be that way so it was just strange to me that both moms had that reaction as opposed yeah. to just like one of the moms because i thought it was really interesting to have remy's mom be like that because yeah, because you didn't see like, it coming at all no because she was so like sweet and you know and warm and they're the like they're the fun less family. well off messy yeah. family who like sn snacks all the time mm -hmm. um and doesn't watch the news and then the um campbells are the family that's like the dad is running for governor and they're really well off and have this immaculate mm -hmm. house where apparently every single one of them has a washer and dryer in the bathroom <laughs> i was like excuse me yeah wow i mean that's a level of luxury i don't I was know like, we need to i think maybe uh define what we're calling a washer and dryer because maybe your your definition do you mean a is sink, different caroline do, like yeah do you mean like uh is it like a hand washer and like you don't literally mean like a plug-in Lindsay, they're wealthy what like that is very wealthy if I mean, every yeah, single family like there's four of them and they each have their own bathroom and each bathroom has its own washer and dryer are you fucking kidding me i know so like maybe it's like some sort of hand cranking thing i don't know anyway but so and you'd think that they'd be really concerned with image and and mm -hmm. how they look because they only go to church because the dad is gonna they only go to church outside of a holiday because the dad is gonna run for governor like so they're yeah. very aware of image they talk about like a guy interviews morgan about any skeletons in his closet and so you expect it of that mom yeah and the dad but the dad has to me the correct parental reaction oh my like god being the dad. horrified but immediately embracing him and seeing that the kid needs emotional support yes and i mean honestly when the dad just immediately pulls him into his lap and hugs him like i was like gonna cry it was, was really so sweet. sweet it was really sweet and this was the other thing i felt like the characterization of morgan like desperately needing connection from his parents but being completely unwilling to show them that he needs it yes the, was the i was like he, that like, was me he worships them so he ignores them because he like doesn't even know how to communicate how much he loves yeah. them <laughs> well and like he's like i because he does the same thing to remy where he's like i can't be seen like because it's a vulnerability thing right like for mm -hmm. me like i love my parents obviously and sometimes the only thing i want is this like deep childish need for love and yet you will never catch me saying that Admitting to my parents. It. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like a thing. I mean, for me, it's a little bit of a like, well, you made me have to like put on this armor. So like, I don't want to have to take it off to show it, show you that I need it. But at the same time, I was thinking about this. Okay. Not to go off on a tangent, but I have decided to kind of just like let some shit go mm -hmm. with my parents because I'm like, you know what? Like, you kind of have to. 
I have to because they're not going to change. And like there's no big scoreboard in the sky that's going to be like, well, Kelly was right. Yeah. You know, and all I have Mm -hmm. is like time with them. Mm -hmm. Right. Like and, and that's like and especially I think it's like with my mom's my mom had like a medical emergency recently. I guess I, I was talking about it as if listeners know. My mom had a medical emergency recently. I'm not going to like go into the details because it was like really horrible. But like I had to like take care. I had to like do first aid and shit. And it was, it was really bad. But she's fine now. Maybe. Um, <laughs> uh, it remains to be seen. It remains to be seen. Um, and like kind of having that moment, I was like, I, two things. One, I was like, wow, I don't have, I don't have much time left with my parents especially my mom's older she's 72 that's like yeah my mom's going to be 73 tomorrow oh my gosh happy early birthday mom i'll tell her yeah tell her um and you know then it's like seeing that she had this thing happen and i'm like it's just like so uh like you know it's just like hello 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 like wake up kind of thing Mm -hmm. and um i was okay Two, two other things in addition to this, okay? <laughs> so I was um, talking to this guy that I'm seeing, and yes, I'm seeing someone who, um, I, and I was like saying like, oh, well, I was just like recounting this, oh, I was talking about how when I was a kid and I was bullied, um, I didn't want my parents to know, not because I was embarrassed, I mean, I was embarrassed, but I also like, didn't want to hurt my parents with that information. Like I wanted to protect them. Yeah, from that. you you don't want. I totally know what you mean. Is yeah, you don't want. You know that it will hurt your parents to know that you've been hurt. Yes, and like, I felt worse for my parents. Like I felt embarrassed and sad for my parents that something bad happened to me. Yeah. So, and I remember like when my parents did find out about certain things. Like they were always like they always took my side. They always were just like so hurt on my behalf and like we're like i felt their love then and i remember like saying this to him and he was like you know you should tell them that like tell them that you felt their that because they probably don't know and like that would be something that they would want to hear and i was like thinking about that and i was like yeah in a perfect world i would tell them i'm still kind of i don't know why i'm scared to tell them i'm just like a scared of i'm scared of like an emotional moment with my parents and then and then I was on a shoot and my co-star on the shoot, I was this older woman and she's like, I'm an intuitive. And she's like, I'm sensing that you need to talk to your mom. And I was like, what's happening here? And she's like, she's like, I just see her. She's like, I see her. She's next to you. And she's just a little girl and she's looking at you and she, God, she's so present. And you, and, and also this woman was playing my mom in a scene. Um, and she's like, you should tell her like that you forgive her. And I was like, man, and like, I, I know the old adage, like forgiveness is for the person who's like giving Who it. Who does it, yeah, not for the other person. Right. And like, I, I don't know, I'm just like, man, I don't know. I think I'm tired of holding on to, well, you hurt me in the past, It's like, which is true. It's like, they did hurt me. That doesn't mean that I won't get hurt again in the future by things they do. But it does mean that like, I'm like, I don't want... I don't want to keep lording this shit over you because A, you're a flawed person and I want to show you grace because there aren't a lot of times where people can do that. And like, I want to just have, not to just have good times with them, but like, I want to have as much good with them while they're here. 
because there's been so much bad. And it's like, why let so much of this like tainted thing, it can inform my, my relationship with them, but it doesn't have to dictate it. If that makes sense. Well, this is uh, unfortunately the lesson I learned the second my dad died. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, is, I know. Is, uh, oh, that contest I th- I was trying to win yes. was a fucking hurtful waste of time. And, and yeah. I am now the loser. I have right. now lost that contest I thought I was playing where it's like, who's right? Who's hurt? Who? Who yeah. owes who an apology? Yeah. I was trying to win that. I was trying to win. I'm the better person and and you will tell me that. Right. And they never and will. So instead what I got was I wasn't talking to my dad when he died and uh he he died thinking I didn't love him. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I won. Yeah. In that that horrible and, stupid like petty mm-hmm. contest. And so it's like if your parent isn't like true if it's safe to do so. Mm-hmm. When you're the one who has more emotional at- intelligence, yeah, it's truly just the best thing to like get over it, yeah, and yeah, and move on and not try to, and you all, but you also can't like you can forgive them, but it also does not like if you were to say I forgive you, you think that's gonna go like that's not no, no, for well, that's still playing the game, right? It's like. It, in your head like you have to just do it yeah you just have to do it and if you want a relationship with them yeah that's the cost yeah and i don't yeah i i don't want like i just what i want to do what i what i want the freedom to do right is to look at the things that used to instantly drive me into a rage about my parents Mm -hmm. because it was like oh well this is representative of all the shit that you did to me in my life Mm-hmm. Which is true, maybe. It's a remnant of it. It's a symptom of it, whatever. But yeah, like my dad was like extremely wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And all all the things that I'm upset about, I have a right to be upset about. The problem is like he was never going to change. Yes. And like what exactly? Like what does you looking at it and being like, I deem this incorrect do for the other person? You know what I mean? Like it's not going to force them to change. what does it do change. for you? And it doesn't nothing, do anything for you. Nothing. It like mires you. Get what you want. Yeah, it mires you in like the molasses of your childhood, and yep. like I. So I'd like to like there are certain things where it's like I like little things right like so small where like like my dad kind of being a know it all right and like being very like everything's fine, mm-hmm. in the face of things being very horrible. And I had an example of that recently, but like or just like little things where like. You know, he would ask me something, and this is so minor, but I feel like people that have bullshit with their parents understand this. So, like, a while ago, this is a while ago, like, years ago, my dad was, like, asking me a question that was, like, very inside about voiceover. Like, one, he had no business knowing the answer to, and it was very normal that he would ask the question. Mm -hmm. And so he asked the question. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's like this, and I explain it. And he goes, oh, well, yeah, I know. (laughs) And I remember in that moment, and I think I even said, I was like, well, then why'd you ask? Because also I was like, there's no way you know. Like, why do you yeah. know? Just and admit you don't know. Like, he, he was, that was just. <laughs> it's just annoying. That's all. Desperate insecurity. Yeah. Yes. He, he was interested in your career. Mm-hmm. He wanted to know the answer. But then like when push came to shove, he also, he couldn't help but try to still look like he knew. Yes. And I would like now if something like that were to happen, right? Which it will invariably. My dad always does things that annoy me. But 
I'd rather look at it like a like, okay, then I just like kind of, you know, internally roll my eyes and I'm like, well, that's just how he is, you know, mm-hmm. instead of like assigning some greater reliving all the moments that led up to something that that's yeah. re- attaching represents. it to every other time that he's yeah. done that. Yeah. And getting upset about it all over again. Yeah. And yeah. that was something that I was like kind of starting to work on for therapy, but now I'm broke as shit. And so I had to cancel therapy for two months in a row. But oh, I'm, I'm still, sorry. It's okay. But I'm still trying to put that stuff into action. And I don't know, like that, like that stuff, like that stuff in the past, like it just matters. You know what it is? It matters less to me because it's now not affecting me as much anymore, I think, maybe. Or I'm, I can look at it and think I don't want it to affect me as much anymore because it doesn't have this hold. And sure, I'm sure I'll be singing a different tune after Christmas or something, you know, when I spend a lot of time <laughs> with them. But I'd like to try. I don't know. To t- I just... Because you think- don't want to be weighed down by it anymore. It's it's the, like, forgiveness is something you do for yourself, not the other person. Yeah. You yeah. want to give yourself that gift of, like, being free of the weight of being mad at them. Yes. 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 And I don't want to be one of those people anymore. Not that I super was, but I feel like... You know, like those people that are just like, well, that person wronged me. So like, I'm never going to talk to them again. And they're dead to me. Mm-hmm. Whereas like. Which is I, what like, I did. Yeah. And, and and people do that for like friends even. And it's like small yeah. things. I'm like, dog, what? They like didn't give you enough money when you guys split the bill at like fucking little doms. Like, <laughs> like, and now you never fucking talk to them again. I don't know. I don't know. I just have reached a point and maybe it's because I was like in a period of time where I really desperately needed grace from people that I like want to practice that to others. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, that was a very long tangent, but this book had me but thinking about a lot of it. it's related to the book. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is. It's a good book. It's a good book. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a lot about uh, parent child relationships. Mm-hmm. So makes sense. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I actually, I really loved the moment where, oh, and I also, I want to, can I, before I go into that, can I just mm-hmm. reiterate that um, I'm I'm sorry that you um, didn't get to have that moment with your father and that you have those like kind of unresolved feelings and, and stuff like that. And that's like really hard and I can't imagine that. And I, I just want you know that my heart is with you. Oh, for thank that. you. Thanks. I appreciate it. I, I have worked through it luckily. good yeah I, it sounds but like yeah, you for like two, for like three years it was really really hard to even like think of my dad because it would I, I couldn't then keep myself from just berating 
Yeah. My, it came with like a, an extreme amount of self-hate. Yes. Yes. Um, and I think you and I are both very prone to self-hate hate and mm -hmm. like bl blaming the self and be, like that visceral feeling of you're like i want to kill this person i hate this person so fucking much and that's me <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah I, I because it it is hard because I, he was wrong he was and that's was the wrong thing, yeah it, you can still be like that person's us, wrong like, his behavior was wrong and bad and and extremely problematic and really hurtful and really damaging and mm -hmm not okay but i knew that and you i knew that yeah could have like you said like extended him that grace yeah. and that would have made me happier if i had done that <laughs> i would have yeah. been and then his death wouldn't have been quite as painful yeah because i would have known that i did everything i could to maintain a relationship and it could have just been the the tragic thing for him that it was instead of a tragic thing for me too Right. But but yeah, I, I have worked through it and mm -hmm. forgiven myself and it was hard. As you should, but I I I, I say that with the ease of somebody yeah. observing the situation. <laughs> you know? But no, it's like it's a it is exactly what, what you're talking about with your parents. Yeah. Um, so I'm really glad for you that you are coming to this place emotionally before they're gone. Because yeah. you're you're going to be much happier. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I, I and, and I can say that because like I know your specific situation. This is not the, this isn't for everyone. Some that's people's all. parents truly are like dangerous and horrifying, and it is better to yes. But I think off. can I say I think it is. Hopefully, this is what I say. Hopefully, you can get to the point of healing from your trauma, or as uh, what's what the fuck is her name? Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis says trauma, <laughs> trauma, the trauma. Um, Hopefully you can get to a point of healing in your trauma where it no longer governs you and you can recognize it as something that was harmful to you, something that is harmful to you, but that you can then choose to be like, well, I'm not going to let this dictate what I get from this relationship from this person. And it's almost like you can then become more powerful than this amorphous thing that like technically doesn't still exist or maybe does but like not in the same sense of you can't hmm how do i put this you know that phrase you can never go home not really mm -hmm. and that's usually meant to say like you can't ever go back to like a wonderful memory that you have or like nostalgia and it won't it won't really be the same as it was in your memory no matter what yeah in the same way a negative thing like a trauma or like whatever like abuse like whatever it cannot hurt you not really in the way that it did the moment it happened. Yeah, it's not still happening. It's it, not still have, happening. You do have to, it is, the healthy thing is to recognize that it is in the past and it is not yeah. still happening to you. And I'm not, and, and it's almost like a kind of exposure therapy, right? Because it could be like, because I could very well be like, no contact, not speaking to my parents ever again, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. And maybe that and that is a way to go for a lot of people and it's valid for a lot of people in my situation i don't think it is um because then i don't know i would be letting my parents take away my ability to to define what my relationship is with them if that makes sense mm -hmm. so anyway that's what i'm yeah. working on that's what i'm doing um and you, was, you have to or it is the, the healthier thing to do to recognize what they are capable 
of yeah. emotionally mm-hmm. and to accept them, to meet them at their level. Mm-hmm. That is the, you can, the sad fact of being the more emotionally intelligent person is mm-hmm. that you have to meet the less emotionally intelligent person at their level. You can't, like, you can try with, with somebody to, like, push them to, like, grow and meet mm-hmm. you on your level, but you can't get mad at them if they're not capable of it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. they're doing the best they can mm-hmm. with their own personal capability. Mm-hmm. And so it's just it's just better to meet them at their level and you'll yeah. be saner for it. And like that's not to say like don't have boundaries and don't like if yeah. shit's like too much, like I can totally like, see myself to stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like every little thing that your parents say many times feels like and you you were saying this earlier, feels like it's just every the impact of everything similar to that that they've ever said to you hitting you at once. Yeah. It's like it's happening in that moment yeah but it's not whenever they do the thing that drives you nuts it immediately makes you feel the same way as every other time they did that thing Mm -hmm. so you have to try to divorce yourself from yeah that and i've had success with talking to my mom like in a way where i've like it takes a lot of patience and i have to like not be pmsing but like of being like hey mom you know like when you do this thing like that really hurts me and like i'm explaining why yeah. and of course you have to brace yourself for the immediate like oh you think i'm a bad mother yeah the defensiveness thing. or like and well, then, what about all the things that you did that i'm mad about yeah and then you can be like okay let's just let it wash over me and like let, they had to get that out they ha- it's like exorcised and now we're gonna try again <laughs> yeah and you're like no that's not what i meant what i meant was this thing that i just said verbatim yeah. <laughs> and then they're like oh okay hopefully I mean, there are some people like Tony Soprano's mom, Livia Soprano. You cannot get through to that woman. You can't. <laughs> there are some people where you're like, I just can't be in your life. And you're never going to change. And the way that y- you treat me is so horrible. Like, bitch, you put a hit out on me. <laughs> Spoilers for Sopranos. So it's wow. like, there's some people. I have people. not watched The Sopranos yet. And you are ruining it. <laughs> and Dude. that's your fault, not mine. Dude, Livia Soprano. Not having watched it in the last 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Livia Soprano. I mean, honestly, she's a great character because she feels very real. Where she's just very like, oh, I'm just a sad old mother whose son doesn't love her and blah, blah, blah. All this stuff, right? And she, she is very like, I don't know. She's just very, every little thing is an attack on her. Everything. Everything. Um, But she, we find out like she like conspired with one of his uncles to like put a hit out on Tony because like he was not doing what she wanted. And this is not, this is like a bumbling little old grandma. This is not like a like (laughs) girl boss lady, whatever. (laughs) Like it was just, she was a miserable fucking person. So like that, I'm like, fine, sure. Tony should probably not talk to his mom anymore. (laughs) Probably not, but he's Italian and it's never going to happen. So, you know, it is what it is. Mm Mm-hmm. But this book was very thought provoking. Let me, uh, let me, yeah. can I read the back of the book? Cause yeah, I feel like people need to know well, what w- was happening w- with us. Yes. They, they need to understand why we thought we were getting, I know what you did last summer or killing Mr. Griffin. Griffin. Yeah. Or not killing Mr. Griffin, but what's no, the um, other one? Uh, uh, shit. It's something that happens in the desert or something, right? Yeah. It's like, anyway, so it, we thought we were getting, I know what you did last summer. And instead we got, um, a quiet uh, family drama. 
It's so beautiful though. I mean, honestly, it had the beauty of like ordinary people. It was so beautiful. Okay. Remy Marlin crossed her fingers and prayed to the God of driver education that she would get to drive today. Remy loved to drive. When her turn came, she slid behind the wheel, surveying her instrument panel like a bomber pilot heading to the battlefield. Remy did not know where she was going, but one thing was for sure, she was gonna get there fast. Driver's ed was like so many things in school, if the parents only knew. Morgan Campbell had been standing on the threshold of turning 16 and getting his driver's license ever since he could remember. Deep in the first crush of his life, thinking of nothing but girls, Morgan forgot what driving is all about. Driver's ed, dot, 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 the only life and death course in school. So like, it seems like she's gonna fucking kill somebody. Yeah, and it seems like, and then and because we have read these books, we then think that that person is either not really going to have died and come back for revenge or a family mm -hmm. member of that person is going to come back for revenge or something. Somebody's mm. going to come back for revenge and they're going to be dodging that and that is the plot. No, instead the plot is if you inadvertently cause somebody's death through your own thoughtless actions, uh, how do you live with yourself? <laughs> Yes, that's the and actual plot. Of how book. how does it dissolve <laughs> the like workings of this small town, like small to mid size urban town? Like everyone, like how does it rock this small town? Like how does it? it well, it's like how does it? It doesn't totally rock the town, but no, because it, everybody secret. is talking about it. Mm. But most people are talking about it like you talk on any tragic story on the news mm -hmm. like oh that's so sad but for mm -hmm. the people who are like directly involved it like ruins their lives including the driver's ed teacher because he overheard the kids talking about stealing signs yeah but his reckoning with it i think is so beautiful yeah i really i liked that how he was like damn i've not been caring and this is the only fucking class that actually is life or death yeah this is actually like if i i was treating this class as a joke and in fact, it's the class that matters most. I know. And he's like, and you know what? I made this class a joke. I'm a fucking joke. Yeah. I I am a joke. I sh like I used to be like Mr. Willett. What have I become? Mm -hmm. It's great. I'm going to read a little bit of, because also the beginning where he is totally, he is checked out mm -hmm. is funny and fun. And it's relatable too. Yeah. <laughs> if you've ever worked a job you don't care about, I mean- yeah. So is he. Um, so, so Mr. Fielding is teaching this driver's ed class. All the kids, um, he he takes out three kids at a time to drive with him. And he's given all the kids name tags because he can't be bothered to remember anybody's name. Mm -hmm. And all the kids know it. And so they will just swap name tags depending on who actually wants to drive. Because some mm -hmm. of the kids don't want to. Like, there's this girl, Christine, who's super afraid. And so she'll just give her name tag away whenever her name is called. And he doesn't even notice. They get in his car and they have a different name tag. And he's like, great, those are the kids I called. And he doesn't even recognize them. Um, so they're driving. And um, and the three kids called are Remy, her best friend, Lark, who's a very interesting character, too. Oh, my God. And Lark. I was like, girl, she knows what's up. <laughs> yeah, she gets it. She is smart but she's also a little bit she's also cold selfish too she's ruthless she's a little bit ruthless um she's like i look out for lark <laughs> yep and it's because her parents aren't ever around mm -hmm. so we and we just get we get the rich emotional inner life of every single character yeah and everyone in the most like economical writing 
Like all we get yeah. of Lark is that she, her parents have left her to fend for herself. It's like one sentence and it's her whole worldview and it explains all of her behavior. It's so good. It's so, this book is very good. Caroline B. Cooney is a good fucking writer and she's brought me to tears Which, many yeah. times. We've we've known this because Caroline B. Cooney wrote whatever. Face on the Milk like, Carton. The Face on the Milk Carton, whatever happened to Janie. She wrote the Fog series. Like she she's good. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. She's a Lois Duncan type. She's, yeah. she's, it's like, she's one of the heavy hitters on the podcast. It's her, it's Christopher Pike, it's Lois Duncan. Um, the people who really get into the like emotional yeah. truth of the stories they're telling. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm just going to read a little bit and I'm going to jump around because sure. it's a long passage and I would love to read the whole thing, but that would be ridiculous. <laughs> Mr. Fielding heard nothing, not traffic, not blowing horns, not sirens, and most of all, not student conversation. Mr. Fielding was looking at the scenery his student driver passed too fast, wishing he had a different life, a life without kids with these ridiculous names. What had happened to the solid names of old? Karen and Susan and Janet, Peter and Robert and Jim. Mr. Fielding's driver's education classes had boys with last names for first names, Taft, Chase, and Morgan, girls with names from nowhere, Lark and Joss and Remy. It seemed to Mr. Fielding that these were interchangeable names. These kids had no personalities and could have been anyone at all. Their names never stuck to them the way real names would, but were just sounds, syllables, signifying nothing. These kids, like their names, were fluff, empty-headed and (laughs) (laughs) personality-free. And then jumping forward a little bit. Oh, I also like just interjecting, and maybe you'll get to Mm -hmm. it as well. Um, I like that he's like, oh, they're so interchangeable, but it's literally because the same kids keep driving. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's so funny. It, and I was like, how are they getting away with switching name tags like this? And then this section comes along and you're like, oh, he doesn't give a He fuck. doesn't give a shit. <laughs> um, Luckily, as driver's ed instructor, he didn't have to participate in parents' night. Sessions were only eight weeks, and nobody, especially Mr. Fielding, felt that driver's ed was really a class. Besides, what would he say to the grown-ups who had spawned these brainless little clones? Yes, Kirsten occupies her seat well. And most of all, what would he say to grown-ups who had actually legally named their daughter Rembrandt? (laughs) Rembrandt. At least the kid knew better than to use the name and call herself Remy. She had a shot coming when she got her driver's license. No nicknames allowed. Her license would say Rembrandt Marland, and there was no escape. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Blah, blah, blah. That way, when he turned to the blonde girl in torn faded... So he assigns the name tags. That way, when he turned to the blonde girl in torn faded blue jeans who looked exactly like four other blonde girls in torn faded blue jeans, he would know which was Remy and which was Kirsten, and not to confuse Kirsten with Christine or Kristen. Today, he had... Today, he had a post-it on his class book to remind himself the current driver was not part part of the Kristen series. The Kristen series member was in back with a last name for first name boy and would rotate forward if and when Mr. Fielding remembered to change drivers. (laughs) He knew he was not teaching. He was merely there and they were merely there. Time passed and then they left. Year after year, he he and they mindlessly drifted through an eight-week session. Then a new set of indistinguishable little clones filled the seats and wore the name tags. Sometimes he thought he should just pass out the same name tags. What would matter if what would it matter if Chad wore Thad's tag? Who could tell if Daria responded to Darcy? <laughs> <laughs> and then it jumps. Of course, the class was way ahead of Mr. Fielding. They had been exchanging name tags for weeks. Christine, who had not successfully merged into the eight lanes on day one, but gave up sobbing and tried to abandon the car at the edge of the turnpike, never took another turn. Lark usually got her name tag. Kirsten would drive only if there were no boys along. Oh, yeah, because she doesn't Um, like to make it. Yeah, 
Yeah, she she can see embarrassing herself in front of the girls, but boys forget it. She usually gave her name tag to Remy. This was one reason why Mr. Fielding could not tell his Kristen, Kirsten, Christine group apart. They were gen- generally Remy or Lark. Yep. It's yep. just, it's, so, it's really like, funny. Because both Remy and Lark are like little blonde girls. So he's like, God, everyone in this class is a little blonde girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's because he keeps getting <laughs> in the driver's seat. Yeah. And then it jumps um, to Mr. Willett who is the polar opposite of Mr. Fielding. Um, and I love, I love the description of Mr. Willett's teaching style, how he'll oh, go yeah. into a, these skits. Yeah. So it says, Mr. Willett said, Lark, try to be normal. Mr. Willett jerked dramatically to a halt. Normal, he cried. Excuse me, Lark, in this room, in this gathering, did you actually use the word Normal. Remy loved this stuff. Mr. Willett was always a bit player in a skit he wrote on the spot. <laughs> yeah, and this is the this is the um, choir class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he's definitely gay, right? Oh, he's got to be, and he and he's married to the um, oh yeah, to the church minister. lady. Yeah, that's like double beard, right? Yep, <laughs> definitely. Okay, cool. <laughs> I agree. Um, I'm trying to find where it gets in Mr. Willett's head. Blah. Okay, I'll have to keep looking so we can move on to something else while I while I do. But it's just like that the it, the way it captures that kind of teacher who's like being performatively jokey with his students. Like he performs in little skits he writes on the spot. I love that. I love it too. And I loved that like the thing the two people that Morgan was the most afraid of finding out about his involvement with the stop sign stealing is his dad and Mr. Willett. Mm-hmm. And she's the same way. Like she's also horrified by the idea that either her parents or Mr. Willett would find out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good teacher. That is a good teacher. As if your, your students are like um, thinking about like being horrified by disappointing you. Yeah. When also, I mean, Mr. Willett is a source of, just like openness and like fun and like gregariousness mm-hmm. that these kids are not getting from their dads, at least not Morgan mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Oh, and so the thing he does, the like skit that he performs is he, when she says normal, he like looks around and he, he decides that Morgan is normal and he brings him up and has him like demonstrate what normal is. And he like waves to the class and he like calls him queen normal or something like and queen that. Queen Joanne like, the normal. Queen Joanne, yeah. Um, and and all the kids are loving it, and it's this whole bit. And so now Morgan is the like the only normal one and everybody is in on the in on the bit. And mm-hmm, it's just like mm-hmm. really fun. And so it, uh I found the the part that's in Mr. Willett's head now. Mm-hmm. Mr. Willett had school bus supervision, which meant standing on the sidewalk trying not to get bruised or otherwise damaged, just the high school emptied its eight hundred teenagers. He loved his kids. He loved their names. Rembrandt Marland, it killed him. Who would name a daughter Rembrandt? Only a woman named Imogene. Rembrandt and Jesus in the same family. Perhaps Mac was secretly named Napoleon. Making Morgan normal had been great fun. Next week, Mr. Willett would make Remy normal. Then he'd mix voice parts and subtly arrange Remy and Morgan next to each other. He loved matchmaking. (laughs) Nicholas... um, booty i don't know buddy slouched by mr willett averted his eyes he was committed to the belief that all kids were great and even if they weren't every rotten kid had potential 
Nikki got in the way of this equation. And this is where he talks about how he like tries to hit pets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. And then want to ride Morgan yelled Nikki buddy. Morgan got in Nikki's car. Something in Mr. Willett faded. Yeah. Cause I, cause you know that Mr. Willett's like, oh, okay, well like there's a chance that that guy's going to be lost to us. This kid mm-hmm. who I think is a good kid. Yeah. Nikki's just such a, oh, sorry. Nikki's just such a bad kid. Um, yeah. But I was, I laughed so hard. I want to start calling people this. One of the kids says to one of the other kids, don't be such a flea bite. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Ugh. That's such a good like thing to call someone that's being annoying. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Just the, the way, and this is like, this book is really interesting because she doesn't, Caroline Bucuni, this isn't the way she always writes. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But it's the way she's writing it this, and it just so deftly gets at the inner life of each character. Yeah. This like sort of quirky writing style. And everyone feels so specific. Like when we were mm-hmm. referencing the like Queen Joanne, the normal thing, right? Like that is such a weird and specific and almost kind of nonsensical thing that you, it feels so real. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like just this thing that this teacher came up with where he's like, okay, Queen Joanne, the normal wave to everybody. Like that, I don't know. That just feels yeah, the specificity so makes it feel authentic. Yes, totally. Yeah. Oh, here's Morgan getting home. Hello, son, said his father cheerfully. How was your day? Morgan looked at the father he was so proud of and had nothing to say to him. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. Or he'll be like, man, I really, when he, oh my God, when he's like, I just, when, when he, after, so basically at one point he's like, I need to like tell someone that this happened. Mm-hmm. And Remy's like, ah, don't. And he's like, well, I have to, I can't, I can't not tell. Um, and that's the other truth of it, too, is that, you know, he feels like he needs to tell and, you know, everyone's giving them a really hard time. But at the same time, like, for example, the husband of the dead wife, mm-hmm. where he's like, I don't give a shit. Like, if you have to pay a fine, if you have like literally anything you have to do is not going to do anything for me because my wife is still fucking dead. And like the part when the little boy comes up and he's like, we have stockings and there's two stockings up, not three. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God. And he, and he doesn't even remember his mom anymore. Dude. Yeah, already because he's so young. And I love, I love, love, love how accurately unequipped these kids are to deal with what they did. Because like when Remy, so Remy, the little boy sits in her lap uh, the 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 surviving son of the young mother who was killed by them taking away the stop sign, but really it was that like she gets like t-boned by a truck or whatever. Um, Rem, he, he, the little kid is playing with her necklace, and she just automatically like she doesn't know what to say, and she's just like, "Oh, he can keep it." And I I love because like right like because us reading it, I was like, "Remy, what the fuck? Why would you give your necklace to this little boy?" And then. Of of course, the the husband, uh, the surviving husband is like, what? Like, we have enough souvenirs of, like, you in our yeah. life. Thank it's you. It's so sad, though. And I, it's like, yes, obvious. it's like, yeah, don't do that, Remy. But you do, you wonder, because the little boy loves it so much. And she's like, well, he can have it then. I know, because <laughs> like, she doesn't know what else to will say. Will this make it yeah. okay? It's that it's thing so sad. of, it's that, it's that really beautiful balance of, this person 
acting in such a way that you can react with like, what the fuck are you doing? But at the same time, you're like, but if I was them, I would be as weird. And mm -hmm. I like wouldn't know what to say. And like I would say this horrible thing. And like, yeah, the ramifications of like me offering my fucking necklace, like to have this baby grow up and be like, I have this necklace from the woman who cut down the sign that my mom didn't see at the intersection and then she got killed. Like, that's insane. Why would you do that? But at the same time, you're also a teenager and you're just sitting there and you're like, I don't know, like this little bit, I feel bad. I'm like poisoned by how terrible the situation is in my brain. And it all, it all makes sense. Everyone's reactions make sense, even though they seem illogical. They're not. Mm -hmm. So I really liked this book. Mm -hmm. I would say read it. It yeah. is sad though. For sure. But it's, it's, yeah, it's just really good. It's really good. It's really good. Um, um as a, okay, as a mom, mm -hmm. were you, like, when you were seeing the parents' reactions to the yeah. kids, uh, you were saying that the, the standard is what uh, the politician dad does, right? Which is, like... Yeah, for me, is, is like... I mean, especially if you see your kid is there, they're horrified with right. what they did. Right, right. If and my kid wasn't horrified and, and they were just, like, coldly telling me about this, I would be like, oh, my God. Or, like, if, if they didn't care you found out like this is like the yeah. kid comes and confesses but the kid is to coming yeah. to me confessing it to me clearly just like really fucked up by it mm -hmm. then yeah my response is come here we will weather this together yeah and like without excusing it yeah which is it's what i think like, the dad does really well you didn't like what you did is not okay i don't want to absolve you but i will never i i still love you and now all we can do is try to like make it as right as we can like it will never be right but we have to do right i was really loving the moment i think that's i think that's good i i was really loving the moment kind of bouncing off of what you were saying there of when morgan so morgan sees basically um remy's mom reacts extremely poorly to this like horribly. very poorly like is like you are trash like how could you do this? Every moment is an opportunity to remind her daughter that she murdered somebody. It's like a three, a 180 degree flip from how fun and supportive and everything she was because up until that point, Remy had always had never done wrong. And I thought that was a really lovely uh, example of, of conditional parental love. Um, but then by the end, like Mac kind of helps them get through mac is such a little hero <laughs> such a little hero and them and like her 14 yeah yeah and let's talk about him in a little bit because i want to talk more about him but um mm -hmm. in in the moment that mac is like well like basically they get the mom to admit she's like i still love you i just because because basically she's like berating and berating and berating and she's been berating remy and morgan for you know i don't know weeks and yeah and eventually like morgan's like but you st or max like but you still have to love her and the mom like breaks down and hugs all of them including morgan not her child mm -hmm. and is like i of course still love you it's just really hard for me to not be so mad at you and then morgan goes home and he interacts with his mom who's also very mad at him but refute it doesn't show him that grace as we were talking about Mm -hmm. and he has this thought where he's like well 
it's he he wished that his mom could understand that you could love someone and be mad at them at the same time and i think that's like a great realization for this character to have um and sad a sad one too Mm -hmm. but let's talk about mac hero of the book Oh, real quick before we talk about Mac, is I found another fun Mr. Um, Willett moment. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this is after they're like now the they found out that a woman died because they took the stop sign and are just like dying inside. <laughs> so they're at school. Um, Mr. Willett jerked dramatically to a halt. <coughs> Excuse me. Is that a blush of interest I behold upon your face, Morgan? He said. The chorus loved it. Run with it, Morgan ordered himself. Be the joke. Laugh along. Don't fight it. Not now. Mr. Willett patted Morgan's cheeks, testing for heat level in this blush. Everybody who could whistle did. <laughs> Remy said, Where, when we need him, is the god who restrains music teachers? Mr. Yeah. Willett laughed with everybody else. Remy, he said, I kind of like you. <laughs> That's so cute. And also, it's really funny to note that during this interaction, Remy and Morgan are completely discombobulated by massive guilt. total emotional turmoil. (laughs) And so he looks to Remy because, like, they're both, like, they've both done this thing together. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Willett sees that and is like, oh, he's just looking at his crush and then, like, puts it on display for the whole class. I know. And also, Remy does this, like, really cute thing all the time where she, like, makes up little demigods and, Mm -hmm. like, will appeal to them so that she does that a lot, that, like, the god who restrains music teachers, or the god of this and the god of that, and it's, like, this very cute thing. Yeah. And so she, like, says that out loud in this moment, Mm -hmm. and... I, like Mr. Willett, would be, like, so delighted by... If, like, a 16-year-old said that, where is the god who restrains music yeah, teachers? Yeah. Like, I would be like, well, you're just my favorite. I know, and especially because it's weird and he's weird and... Yeah. Yeah, so that's another really nice little Mr. Willett moment. But, yeah, so Mac. Remy's oh, and then before brother. we get to Mac, because I want to also mention, mm-hmm. I loved... And it is a little bit gendered, but also at the same time, like people are a product of nurture. So I think that some generalizations are real, at least in a generalized way. Um, Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean we should be beholden to them. That's my little caveat I say before I get into this. But um, uh, there's so Remy just like says stuff that's on her mind. She's not very like she at first is shy about Morgan knowing that she likes him. But once she realizes he likes her back, a few things. One, I almost died of absolute cuteness when she at she just f- high off of the feeling of like, you know, he put his arm around her. He had kissed her. She's like, I want Morgan Road, the sign. And his face fucking lights up and he's yes, so happy so and he can't help it. And he just smiles to himself and she sees him smiling and she's like, oh, my gosh, like, that's so cute. Um but so she just said, and he's like, I can't believe she's so brave to just say things that are on her mind. Like, that's so cool. And like, he's like, I wish that guys could be that brave about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then there's also a part later where like, um, when they're dealing with the the fallout from what they've done, he has a thought where he's like, God, I feel crazy. Like, I just want to like marry her so that way we can have this secret between us. That's insane. And then he doesn't say anything. And then she says, 
God, like I feel really like weird. Like I should just marry you so that we could keep this secret. And he's like, wow, that's like exactly what I thought. But he doesn't tell her that. He just like, yeah, he just admires it. <laughs> yeah. He and then he's like, like, wow, it's so crazy that she will just like feel things and then put put those feelings to words and say the words <laughs> i know i know and then he's like i just like let them sit inside of me and like god forbid anyone ever knows um and i i, I just thought that was really cute um yeah and, and he it also felt has real this, mm-hmm. i don't know he also has this cute part of his reaction to her wanting to take the the morgan street sign is he wants to do something romantic in return um mm-hmm. so it says there wasn't um logistical problems like no license and no vehicle briefly interrupted his daydream but he threw them out there wasn't going to be a remy road anywhere he'd have to come up with something meaningful and romantic whatever constituted romantic where could he find that out he couldn't ask star who's his little sister mm-hmm. who was a predator and would probably initiate her romances by bludgeoning her victims <laughs> <laughs> i loved because like they both in their minds have these terrors for younger siblings yes um, remy has mac who's who's a little jerk and um morgan has star who is like the meanest kid at her junior high who will just like walk up and tell you why your shirt is ugly i know <laughs> in that I like know. mean girl way um but i think it's so funny that he has this like mean girl sister little sister who he's afraid of yeah <laughs> and just views as this like black widow spider yeah it's really funny and everyone looks at mac too as like everyone's like jesus christ this kid fucking sucks man like and he does suck at first he totally does Mm -hmm. he's just bad he's bad 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 yeah um i also like this sentence um when morgan is like trying to work up the courage to talk to her the next mm -hmm. day after they have this night of flirting um and he shows up at her basketball game and it just says um, Morgan and Lark walked into the gym and climbed the bleachers to the top. Morgan, like any boy, never had been, never would be at a girls' JV game. Morgan, however, was at a girls' JV game. <laughs> yeah, so cute. But then also he still chickens so out and fucking like, leaves. Back in the 90s anyway, it was like, yeah, there's no way a guy would be like showing up to the girls' JV game. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then he can't say anything and he just leaves. I know. So, so funny. Cute. Um, okay, so Mac hmm he is horrible like literally like he will just like knock people's food out of their hands like he'll like he lies and tells the dad that the coffee is decaf but it's not and like it's like shit like that like he is but there was a there were a couple things that i think really helped to make this a very i love that after they've gotten us to hate mac we get in his head and then you're like oh because a he's very small for his age very very small Mm -hmm. and he feels this like resentment about it b he's like already seen as the terror by his family so he's like Mm -hmm. fulfilling that um and he uh he like when he finds out inadvertently because he overhears her on the phone talking with morgan about like don't tell anyone we killed a guy or killed a woman Mm -hmm. and he's like whoa it was you that took the sign She's like, please don't tell. And then he just sits next to her and like tries to hug her and they've never really done that. So it's awkward. Yeah. His instinct is immediately to be a protective wall around her. I know. And he's and and his inner monologue, his inner thought of that it was such a relief to have someone else be the screw up and the bad kid 
because that was normally mm -hmm. a torch that he carried and he it was like very lonely and he was like he liked having someone else also be bad um because that's the other thing is like you look at these little details right like she was on the jv basketball team and sucked like was terrible and yet uh -huh. her parents go to every fucking game and her dad's like cheering her on and all this stuff meanwhile he's being punished for everything mm -hmm. everything's getting taken away from him he like they definitely treat the kids differently yeah and then him being like well i'll like sit with you when you tell dad and like stuff like that i was like oh my god like he's immediately like such a stand-up guy mm -hmm. he like has such integrity about it i know he's just like he immediately he just like turns into this little adult mm-hmm mm -hmm. it's so sweet it was really sweet and he's the only one too like when the parents are berating her he starts he's like well it's not really her fault like she's not the one who did it like it was nikki and it was you know other people I mean, were she there was just in the car yeah she was watching she didn't do it yeah and I thought that was really sweet. And then this also felt very real where everyone is lashing out at the baby who keeps crying because that's the easiest person to. Yeah. Henry. Uh, little Henry. Cause that's the easiest person to. Oh, like, and that moment where she's sobbing and oh, Henry yeah. sees her sobbing and he, he's like, he wants to like comfort her, but then it's scary for him and he starts crying too. And he says Remy or he says me, me says and me, me. And she realizes yeah. that he's saying Remy, which is really and it's cute. Like his first word. It's just like, this book's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Um, uh, it just, everyone was so fully realized. Like even the baby. Mm -hmm. The baby has a rich inner life. I know. It was great. This is such a good book. Um, so yeah, I recommend it. Let me see if I can find a, a Mac moment to read. Mac moments. And now, Mac moment. Here, this is when he convinces Morgan's mom that she's got to, like, cut it the fuck out. <laughs> Mac followed Mrs. Campbell out of the church. At the same time that Mac agreed with Mr. Thompson, Christmas should be destroyed in memory of the destruction of Denise, he completely disagreed. Mac had never thought about family, much less how family mattered. Now he felt he was the only one who really understood. You could be wrong, but you must be loved. He wanted Morgan to have Christmas. Hi, Mrs. Campbell, he said. Merry Christmas, Mac, she said with an effort. It'll only be merry, he said to her, if you go back inside. She stared at him, name-calling with her ex expression. You runty, interfering little twerp. <laughs> You're his mother, said Mac. And my son was a jerk, said Mac, but you aren't. You're his mother. He needs you. I'm the shepherd, thought Mac. Yeah. I mean, he is. Here's a, here's a little thing. Mm -hmm. He is being a little bit uh, mythologizing himself a little bit, but he's 14 or whatever the fuck he is, right? So, of course, he's going to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but it still doesn't mean that he didn't do something good, you know? Mm -hmm. And he's thinking that because the, the Christmas pageant just finished. Right. Right. And so shepherds were on the mind. Yeah. <laughs> He's not just like, I am the shepherd. <laughs> Out of nowhere. <laughs> For tis I, Mac, the shepherd. Shepherd of men. <laughs> shepherd of men, shepherd of families. Tis I, Mac. Yeah. He, he, it was Macintosh, top of mind. Shepherd Macintosh. of families. <laughs> also, like, it's funny that, like, everyone thinks that the name Mac is so weird because it's not that weird. 
It's just, I guess, in conjunction with having a well, child his full named name Rembrandt. is Macintosh. Yeah. So that seems weird to them because it, they're like, he was, he has the same name as the computer. Yeah. And everyone, Macintoshes were all the rage and they called them Macintoshes back then. Mm-hmm. Not Max. Not Max. Um, I'm trying to think of any other characters or moments that I really liked. But I mean, I guess it, oh, well, I guess plot wise, they don't really, no charges are brought against them. They do have to like meet the, um, the, or no charges are brought against them yet, I guess. They have to meet the 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 husband, the surviving husband, the widower, and that's mm-hmm. harrowing. And then after that, they're I kind of just like that moment where it was like, oh, and we, for the sake of like full transparency and to like really do right, we have to describe the entire evening, including how much fun we were having. And I was like, no, you don't. No, yeah, no, I and don't I, think you have to do that. <laughs> I don't and, think and, you need to say that you were having like a great time and flirting. You can just say that you were like, you can just flatly say what you did and i feel like because they were also saying like they're like this will help our case to show that we were just caught up in the fl-. and i was like no it won't no it's not it won't, it, nothing it's, will help all, it, all it's going to do is emphasize that like you have your whole lives ahead of you and she yes. doesn't yes is that you have something that she no longer has because of what you did that night um yeah they were wrong on that one but yeah i was i was moved many times by this book mm-hmm. yeah it's just really really good mm-hmm. yeah I think that's the book. Yeah. So that's it. So thanks everybody. Thanks everyone for listening. We really appreciate you. A special thank you to our Patreon listeners. Um, Patreon.com slash teen creeps. We have a lot of really cool stuff out there for you. Um, And then of course we got to do that. Patreon shout out to our Patreon producers. Thank you, Aaron Fernandez. Real quick before we do the names, we got another email in for yet another Emma. Is um, that a different that's the Emma? Same, no, that's okay. the same girl. I had a feeling, so that's why we I just never took it. her off. Okay, cool, <laughs> great. Because okay. it looked familiar to me, yeah. and I was like, I'm not going to add it because I think she's already there. Yeah, just wanted to check. Okay, take it again. Thank you, Aaron Fernandez, Adam Halwitz, Amanda K, Amanda Nangle, Amy T, Caitlin L, Carrie Ham, Christina Descaro, Courtney McPhail, Danielle Lamana, Danny B, Drew Waranis, Ellie Lagos, Elisa R, Emma. Emma M. Aaron B. Gabriela Santiago. Gabrielle T. Gianna Fernandez. Gwendolyn Ludovic. Hannah L. Jason H. Jeremy Cronk. Jeremy Goodfellow and Marco Pavlicich. Jesse T. Jessica Yu. Jonathan Venable. Karen Lewis. Kat Miller. Katie Olsner. Keith Anderson. Kelly Burns. Carrie N. Coy. Landry Desmond. Larry Nguyen. Laura Hooper. Megan Lozier. Melody. Micah Eunice. Miguel Camacho. Miranda Hester. Molly G. Molly Marks. Noah Spargo. Rachel Bessert. Rashad B. Randy Klett. Rebecca Goss. Rogue Kalahua. Robert F. Sarah Wallen. Sasha Gibson. Shannon P. Sylvie T. Victoria Beck. And Victoria Gray. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. We appreciate your generosity. We will see you next time when we are revealing what we're reading. <laughs> are we? Do uh, we have it? Did you schedule something? Yeah, I did. Um, Bless. Let's not okay. reveal. Ha <laughs> ah, fuck you guys. <laughs> Just because it's an open library one again. And I'm like, uh, if it were one of the ones that I have the copy and that we were going to share it, yeah. then fine. But mm-hmm. I can't risk it, dog. And this is a little bit too of a longer dangerous. book, too. So I'm too like, dangerous. we got oh, to mm, read. Yeah. You know what I mean? Can't, can't, can't risk Sorry, it. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Cannot risk it. Too <laughs> dangerous. 
too dangerous. It's almost as dangerous as stealing a stop sign. Oh, we're finally getting to this one. Yes. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, 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 yes. You see, you see, you see. <laughs> All right. Oh, a Sylvia Moreno Garcia book. Yeah, yeah. That one we do have. So we can, two weeks from now, we're doing The Daughter of Dr. Morell. Nice. Which I purchased because the cover looked really pretty. I and think the, I just purchased a, a Sylvia Moreno Garcia book. Is it the, the one in really between? Pretty. Is it the one in between? It's the is it the noir one? Maybe let me look. Because there's one that I almost picked that one, but I happened to have purchased this book, and it was such kismet. I was taught. I was with friend of the show Ryan Mogi at Skylight Books, and I was like, "Oh, have you heard of the new Sylvia Moreno Garcia book?" Um, daughter of Dr. Moreau or I, I didn't even say the name I was just like have you heard of that new book it looks cool and she was like no and then we're perusing and I was like "Ooh, this book looks cool grab it it's literally that book daughter of Dr. Moreau well that wild? what do you know all of all of her books look so beautiful like beautiful, beautiful covers beautiful titles premises. like fucking like flawless um, yeah no the one I just bought is um called Certain Dark Things. Mm, is it noir? Yeah, it's a neo-noir. Yeah, that's the one in between. Vampire lore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, here's the other thing, which we love. All of her books are very scary and sexy. Because mm-hmm. they're all like, this person, this very uh, like well um, thought out heroine, right? She's living her life. She's doing her stuff. And then there's this sexy guy, but he's scary and he shouldn't be in her <laughs> life. It's like that. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that is a couple weeks from now. Um, all right. Well, thanks very much. Thanks every much. Thanks every much for varying. <laughs> uh, I need a vacation. <laughs> thanks so much, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate you. We will see you next week. In the meantime, keep it creepy. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Kelly Nugent, Lindsay Katai, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.